welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. Let's put our hands together. He doesn't need an introduction. My very good mate, Pastor Ray Bevan. Awesome. Isn't it great to see Andrew back in men's clothes? No, you don't know. You, you, yeah, you, you only see the public side of him. But it's great to be here. I love Belfast. I've been coming to Belfast since 1982 and uh, seen, seen God do some amazing things. In fact, um, I don't know if you saw the news the other day, but they, um, they, just, they, they rescued a guy. He was on, on this desert island for 35 years on his own. And he was from Belfast. It's amazing. And they, they rescued him and the, the ship arrived and the captain went and the guy was so happy. Oh, yeah, thank you. I've been on my own 35 years. So the, he, he, he looked behind him and there were three huts there on the island. And the captain said, so, so you've got three huts. So you must have somebody else with you. No, 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 no. I'm on my own. 35 years. So, well, what's that hut there then? Well, that's where I live, he said. Oh, lovely. So what's the, what's the middle hut? That's the church I go to, Belfast. You know what I'm saying? That's the church I go to, yeah. Well, what's the third one? Well, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> Belfast, you know what I'm saying? So you get all that. But it is, uh, do you know, it is. Uh, I know um, um, Andrew was... Uh, uh, introduced Emily to you, but I, I'm just so happy to... Um, you know, at my stage season of life and Emily's seasons of life, God brought us together and uh, we ask you for your prayers. Love you, baby. You're wonderful. And you, you spoke so wonderful to the people. So let's give her another big clap. I mean, she's fantastic. Thank you. Another bow. I love it. I love it. Every morning she gets up and does that to me. I, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> makes me feel like a king. You know what I'm saying? So uh, anyway, uh, uh, you know what, I, Andrew? I honestly believe that God is is uh, flowing in a certain direction this morning. Listen to what you, the way you prayed, um, and I believe God has given me a word this morning. This is not just another, let's turn up. No, Jesus is here to change lives radically. Do I have a bunch of believers that believe that here? So before I get into the word, let me just say I've got my new book uh, with me. Uh, it's called Graced. We all know the scripture, uh, his grace is sufficient. And we quote it and we declare it. But how do we apply it? How do we apply the grace of God through seasons of sadness? How do we apply the grace of God in a practical way through seasons of suffering? Well, I get into it in this book. You should buy it just for the photograph, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can put this up on your bathroom wall. If you have constipation, it'll, it'll release you instantly. <laughs> oh, why is it I can say things here I can't say anywhere else? It's amazing. So, but seriously, uh, it's only eight quid, and uh, I'll be outside there. You can play with card and everything. If you buy more than one, you get a free music album. Fantastic. 
So, um, yeah, anybody, would anybody like this book? Eh? Give us a wave for time. So they're eight pound. <laughs> and I'll see you later. You promised to buy one or you put your hand up. So I'll see you after and that'll be absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I was um, just recently in the east, east part of Hungary, close to the uh, Ukrainian border, and I was invited there um, to preach in a conference where there are many, many churches there that are, that are just fed up and disillusioned with legalistic law-based preaching. And their spirit is craving for the gospel of the grace of God. And thousands of believers are coming alive to this wonderful message of grace. And while I was there, the Lord said to me, uh, I had two uh, teaching uh, sessions. And he, he spoke to me very clearly. And, he's, and in the first session, he said, I want you to speak about the forgiveness that does not need an apology. That's one message. I'll preach that next time I come. But, but this morning, and, and, and he told me to preach another message, which I did, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to preach that right now here this morning. And this is what he said to me. He said, Ray, I want you to teach the people how to live in the peace that makes no sense. We know the scriptures. He just redefined it for me. He said, Ray, teach my people how to live in the peace that makes no sense. Uh, we know it as the peace that passes understanding. Jesus says, my peace I give you. And as the disciples saw Jesus operate and live in various situations, uh, they would look amazed and he demonstrated it. And then he said, this peace is available for you too. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, but, uh, but it's supernatural. It's the peace that makes no sense. Horatio Spafford was a successful lawyer and businessman. And he lived in Chicago in the 1800s. There was a massive uh, fire in Chicago, the great Chicago fire, and he lost everything. Lost his business, lost everything. So uh, he had four daughters, and so he said to his wife, listen, go, I want to send you away on a holiday. Just go to the UK. I'll sort stuff out here. Just go and have a break because you've been through, much, through so much stuff. So they jumped on the ship, and they crossed the Atlantic, and midway the ship sank, and his four daughters drowned. His wife arrived safely in Ireland, actually, and she sent him a telegram, and it simply said this, because he heard about the ship going down. He didn't know what had happened. And she said this, saved alone, what should I do? Well, without hesitance, he jumped on the next ship. He sailed immediately to be with his wife. And on the way, at the at, the, at the, the point where the ship went down, where his daughters died, the captain knew about his story. So he called for Mr. Spafford and he said, this is where the ship went down. This is where your daughters drowned. And he stood there for a moment and then he went back to his cabin and he wrote down these words 
which have been immortalized in the hymn, which we all sing. When peace like a river attends my soul, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. We sing the hymn, but that's the story behind the hymn. And I thought to myself, here's this man just experienced the tragedy of the loss of his four daughters in one sweep. How on earth could you go back to your cabin and write words like that with such tragedy filling your soul? The answer, when I thought about it, the answer is very simple, but sometimes so difficult to do. How on earth? How on earth can you write those words with such tragedy? And here's the answer. I believe he learned how to surrender his desire to know why. And this is the cry I hear from many people here this morning. That is how you release the peace that makes no sense. The way to release the peace that makes no sense, the way to release the peace that passes understanding is to learn how to surrender your desire to know why. And that's what many of you are going to do this morning. You see, for me, there are five aspects of God's character that you have to marinate your heart in. I'm not just having acquaintance, but marinate your heart, in five aspects of God's character if you're going to live like this. The first one is obvious. You need to marinate your heart in his unconditional love. When you know that nothing can separate you from that love, when you realize his love is unconditional, it will help you deal with an unknown future. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but one thing we do know, Nothing can separate us from that love. Come on, somebody say amen right here. The second aspect, the second aspect of God's character, you need to marinate your heart. It is this. You need to marinate your heart in his constant presence. We've got to learn to live daily practicing the presence of God. When Jesus came to live in your life, he did not come on a holiday. He came to stay. When you fall into a mess, he doesn't leave. He falls in the mess with you. Come on, somebody say amen here. You need to practice his constant presence. That will help you deal with spiritual insecurity. I want to tell you, I wish I had three hours here, but listen, when you give your life to Jesus, an angel wrote your name in the book of life in the indelible blood of Jesus, and no demon or no sin can rub your name out of that book. Come on. So, so, so eternal security, when you need to practice his constant presence. Thirdly, you need to, you need to marinate your heart in God's mercy. God's Mercy is his ability to restrain from giving you what you deserve. Thank God we live in the mercy of God on a daily basis. You need to marinate your heart 
in that aspect. Of course, you need to marinate your heart in his grace. And that will help you deal with a flawed humanity. We fail on a daily basis. We mess up, we sin on a daily basis. Thank God for his grace that gives us what we don't deserve. Can I hear an amen here? But one of, you know, one of my favorite songs right now, I I sing it all, I sing it in my heart, is uh, every, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. You need to marinate your heart in the faithfulness of God. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. Watch. And the reason I say that is because the reason why you need to marinate your heart in the faithfulness of God is because it helps you deal with a confusing present. And some of you, I had to lay that little foundation there. Because some of you are in a situation right now where you just don't know what to do. You just don't know how this thing is going to work out. And you know all the scriptures and you know all the stuff. And on top of that, something has invaded your life like Horatio Spafford. Tragedy doesn't send you an email. Uh, a disappointment doesn't send you an email. Uh, it doesn't inform you that it's coming. Bam! Just turns up in your life. Some of you are there. And you don't know how to deal with this. You need to have a revelation, a constant marination of uh, his faithfulness in your life. And, and the reason why you need to do that is because it helps you deal with a confusing presence. It'll help you live in the peace that makes no sense. And the key to releasing that peace is you need to surrender your desire to know why. Jesus is our classic example. On the cross, as a man trusting The Holy Spirit, the immortal words, my God, the only time he called his father God was when he he was deserted on the cross because of sin. My God, my God, why? And some of you are in that place, a confusing present, why? And in the same breath, this is the key. Even on the cross, in the same breath, what did he say? My God, my God, why? And then in the same breath, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Surrender your desire to know why. You know, I don't know uh, about you, but there are seasons in my life when I have to continue in the call of God Continue in my walk with God. Keep praying prayers even when it seems heaven is silent. And some of you are there. You can't understand why heaven is not responding. I mean, uh, uh, God could have sent legions of angels to get Jesus from the cross, but there was a bigger plan. And some of you... 
uh, are in a place and you can't understand and heaven seems silent, it almost feels like God is hiding himself. And in fact, in Isaiah 45, verse 15, it says, surely you're a God who hides himself. You see, God sometimes seems to hide himself, but someone said to me once, I'm sure it was the Holy Ghost, he said, Ray, heaven may be silent, but it's never deaf. Your prayers are always heard. But right now, it seems like you're in this place of confusion. Heaven is silent. You know, uh, Jesus hid himself in Mary's womb so that the innkeeper missed an opportunity to serve the king of kings. He hid himself in an infant's cry, so Herod had to kill a whole generation trying to find him. He hid himself in a carpenter so well for 30 years that he went undetected by his own siblings. Sometimes God seems to hide himself. He hid himself in the garments of the high priest. He hid himself in the Ark of the Covenant. He hid himself in all the Old Testament prophecies so well that when he came to his own people, they didn't recognize him. And some of you may be there right now. And one of the greatest lessons that I've learned and, and, and uh, let me put it this way. Some of you are in a place that I call an unplanned place of destiny. A place you never planned to be. You never planned to be divorced. You never planned to be sick. You never planned to be estranged in a relationship. You never planned to have a strife in your business. You never planned that when you were planning your dreams and your life. But some of you have arrived in an unplanned place of destiny and heaven is silent and you don't know what to do. And I'm thinking of the Apostle Paul in Acts 27 when he jumps on a ship with 270 prisoners. He was in change, yet he was smiling. He was excited. Paul, something wrong with you? I mean, you're in change, you're on a ship. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. But I am now going to fulfill the destiny that God caused me to be born for. I'm going to stand before Caesar. I'm on my way to Rome. Rock and roll, baby. Here I come. So he gets on the ship. We know what happened. So the ship went down. It was a shipwreck. The soldiers tried to kill him. There was the threat of drowning. He was hanging to a plank in an open sea. Can you imagine what Satan's doing? Where's your God now then? Where's that destiny you boasted about? Where's that dream you were telling everybody about? You're hanging on a plank. Your ship is sunk. The guards tried to kill you. Then he gets to Malta. Malta wasn't in the diary. Malta wasn't in the plan. Here was Paul arriving at a place that was not in the plan. He was arriving in an unplanned place of destiny with Satan shouting in his ear, where's your God now? And I'm sure Paul was praying, my God, my God, why? 
And then he gets to the island, and on top of all that, he lights a fire to warm himself, and a flipping snake comes out and, and, and tries to poison him. Thank you, God, for calling me to the ministry. This is fantastic. <laughs> My ship went down, I nearly flipping drowned. The guards are going to kill me. Floating on a sea. Now a snake is... And on top of that, the whole island had dysentery. Hello? That's the worst. Everybody had the runs. Come on. So, so not only was he in an unplanned place of destiny, but what a place. Have I described where you are right now? In a place that you never planned to be? And the question I asked myself is, how did Paul sustain a spirit of contentment in an unplanned place? How did Paul release the peace that passes understanding in an unplanned place? Very simple. He surrendered his desire to know why. And some of you have been up in the night, worried, pacing the floor. Why go to sleep and trust God? Surrender. I mean, Andrew prayed it in the prayer. And do you know what will happen? You'll experience the peace that makes no sense. Come on, somebody say amen in this house. No, I tell you, Abraham arrived there, said, why this sacrifice? Joseph arrived there. Why this injustice? David arrived there. Why this delay? I should be king by now. Paul arrived there. Why this thorn? Jesus arrived there. Why this rejection? Joshua arrived there. Why this instruction? I don't know. I, I just put this in this morning because this may relate to somebody here. So, <laughs> it's funny. I just laughed at my own joke. It's going on here. So, so God's told you to do something, and it's weird. You say, what, what? this is weird. Listen, so Joshua goes to God, all right? He's ready to attack Jericho, right? You've you got, you got the brave art, gener the Joshua generation, would have, they were painted up, ready to go. They were ready to rip apart anybody that stood in their way. This was an army, man, ready to fight. Joshua, come on, let's do it. Go get the instructions from God. Whatever you say we do, right, I'll go. I'll talk to God. God, what's the, what's the strategy? Here's the instruction. Circumcise the army. Is there anybody else up there? Circumcise the army. They're 21 years of age. Think, I'm letting you think a minute. I mean, listen, I can't even flipping walk. Never mind, fight. Give me a break. 21 years of age, circumcise the arm. That doesn't make sense, folks. Okay, here's the word of the Lord. Drop your pants, get the knives out. Let's go. <laughs> so he circumcises the army. Right. Let's go. We get, we get. No. And some of you, some of you, you've asked God for strategy. You've asked God what shall I do in this situation? He's come back with some weird instruction. Listen, I've learned something. Just obey God and watch the walls of Jericho fall down in your life. Come on, somebody say amen in this house. 
So favor is sometimes not deliverance from the problem. It's development through it. And, and, and this is more important. How many of you lovers of Jesus have said to Jesus, Lord, I want to serve you. Just say amen. Watch this. How many of you have said to God, Lord, use me? <laughs> now, some of you are being used <laughs> right now, and now you're saying, why am I being used, God? Well, because he's answering your prayer. <laughs> right? Watch this. And, and I've learned this from experience, okay? Sometimes what seems to be going bad for you, God is using it to make it right for somebody else. You see, what? All things work together for good. Have you ever thought it could be for the good of somebody else? Watch. With his stripes, bad for Jesus. We are healed. Good for us. Malta, Paul arrived, bad for Paul, good for Malta. And when I saw this, I began to realize, wow, sometimes God could allow things to go seemingly bad for you because it's answering somebody else's prayer. If you're still here, say amen here. Because this is so, so powerful. The classic story is Joseph and his brothers. They sell him into slavery, he had a dream. You're talking about surrendering your desire to know why. Joseph had to do this for 12 years. They sell him, his own brothers try to kill him. That's a devastating revelation when you think that they love you. And then he's sold into slavery. Then he's falsely accused of, uh, of rape. Then he's thrown in a prison. Then he's forgotten in the prison. And now he's out, God vindicates him, he's the prime minister of Egypt, and the very people, huh, this blows my mind. God allowed all that to happen, to, bad for Joseph. But then he had this revelation when he saw his brothers, the very ones that wanted to kill him, groveling before his feet. He had the power to kill them all and get his own back. But as they groveled before him, not knowing who they were kneeling before, he saw it. My God, you allowed all this to happen to me, for they are good. Do you know, that's the highest form for me. That's the highest. Do you know what? It says this. It's, he, 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 he turns to his brothers. I mean... See, when you have this revelation, you know when someone hurts you, it's like water off a duck's back. This is how you release the peace that makes no sense. Because you're his brothers. He could have killed them. Watch, after what they did to him, watch. He says, don't be upset or angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was bad for me. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Folks, I'm telling you, that's another level. That is, I know what I would have said. <laughs> no, no, I don't look at me so holy. You were thinking of ways and means in your mind now, aren't you? What to deal with these guys, but no. 12 years, 12 years living under a silent heaven. 
12 years rejection, betrayal, slander, imprisonment. Bad for him, but good for his brothers. What seemed to be going wrong for me was God's way of making it right for you. You know, when I used to do a lot of work here in the 80s, I used to work in the schools here. I used to go in uh, Protestant Catholic schools and singing about Jesus and used to do that in the UK. And one morning I was due to go to a school in Bridgend in South Wales. I was due to go early in the morning, so I put all my equipment on the car the night before. I got up 5 a.m., got down to the car. There was glass all over the road. Someone had broken into my car and stolen my equipment. That's when you know if you are living in the grace of God or not. So I started, I, I, I was mad, right? I, God, how could you allow this? I was, I'm supposed to go to speak to a thousand kids. You could have, why didn't you kill the guy? Why didn't you, why, why, God, why? This doesn't make sense. It was going bad for me now. This is really bad for me. So I'm just mumbling and grumbling and I had to phone the police and report the crime. So the policeman came up, sat in my room and sat down there and took all the details and I'm still fuming, right? So this nuts, this is, you know? And so then, uh, then, and so then for some reason, I said to the policeman, I said, do you like gospel music? He said, yeah, I do. So I said, do you want one of my albums? I can't seem to sell them, so. <laughs> and he looked at me and he switched his radio off. And he says, I've got all your albums. What? You bought them? You actually bought them? <laughs> I've had to deal with one thief this morning. You know what I'm saying? No. There's a policeman. No, listen. He says, I, I recognized you as soon as I came into your house. He said, I've listened to you preach. He said, you know what happened? He said, last night, he said, I've walked, I, I'm away from God. I, 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 I'm not where I should be. And he said, last night, I threw myself on, my, on the floor in my bedroom and I said, God, if you still love me and accept me, please show me. He said, I shouldn't be here today. The guy on this round has been taken sick. They rang me up to, to cover this call. And so right there, Peter, the policeman, and it made sense. I had that revelation that like Joseph had with his brothers. So God allowed some plonker, to be polite, to steal my equipment in order to get Peter into my house, canceled an opportunity to speak to a thousand kids in response to this man's cry. Bad for me, good for Peter. Come on, somebody, say amen. You don't know. Listen, you don't know. You don't know. You may be in an unplanned place of destiny. Heaven is silent. And you're asking why. Listen, God could be using your situation right now in answer to the prayer of somebody else. And three, four years later, I'm preaching in my church. And I made an appeal for salvation. Many people came out to receive Christ. And, and when I was praying, one young man looked up at me and said, Pastor Ray, would you please forgive me? I said, well, no, Jesus has forgiven you for all your sin. So why are you asking? He said, do you remember three years ago? <laughs> Someone stole your equipment from your car. 
I can feel something drain from me. <laughs> can the grace of God drain from you? <laughs> because it was... I said, yes. He said, it was me. I stole your equipment. <laughs> I said, God's forgiven you. I didn't say, I forget. I said, God's forgiven you? He says, please forgive me. So, so what went bad for me ended up being good for, for Peter the policeman, and now the thief himself was getting saved. Come on, somebody. Say amen in this house. I, I says, uh, bless you. I forgive you. Where's my equipment then? <laughs> well, he sold it, hadn't he? Made all the money on it. But, but, but somebody this morning, are you, are you understanding what the, the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us here? Some of you need to live in the peace that makes no sense. Particularly, not just that, and I'm going I'm to pray in just a minute. Not just that. But it'll, it'll help you, it, not only will it help you in a place, or, or an unplanned place of destiny, a place where you're asking why, a place where heaven is silent, but it'll also help you when you surrender your desire to know why, it'll also help you when you're unfairly treated. And I just feel this may be just for one person here, but there's somebody here this morning and one of the greatest thieves of contentment is living with the attitude of, how could they? And this is the crime hearing from somebody here, maybe more than one. How could they? When you live with that, how could they? Peace takes its exit. And, and some of you are, are there you know, it's very interesting. Paul, again, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 15, listen to this statement. Paul, the apostle, everyone, not just somebody, everyone in Asia has deserted me. Let that sink in. This is the great apostle Paul with a revelation that he had with, 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 with visits to heaven, angelic beings, writing revelation. He says, everybody that said they would stay with me is gone. Then he said this, even Phygelus and Hermogenes. That's what got me. Even them. Probably these two men were perhaps Paul's closest friends, even those guys. And some of you are here devastated by the revelation, even them. I never expected it from them. And that sometimes hurts the most, even those two people. I remember saying to God, you know, when I was going through a period when it seemed like I was going through this, like, seemed like everybody was leaving. I thought, you know, is it what? Is it what? Wrong deodorant? What's going on here? I'm a nice bloke. But everybody's going, what's going on? And, and, I, 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 and I, said, I said, Lord, how can they believe that lie about me when they know me? That's the hardest, isn't it? When people who know you actually believe the lies that are being said about you, when they should know better. I said, Lord, and he said, no, no, the Lord said to me. He said, I completely understand. I said, really? Yes, he said. He said, 
how could a created being convince a third of my other created beings that I was wrong? Satan convinced a third of the angels I was wrong. Ray, I get it. Listen to me. One of the biggest robber of the peace that makes no sense is when we think, uh, when we trust people in a way that we shouldn't be trusting them. Our trust is in God, folks. Come on, somebody, say amen. And some of you are here. And you're experiencing this right now. How could they do that? And it's, and it's revolving in your mind and stealing your peace. Listen to what Jesus example to us. Last scripture. 1 Peter 2 verse 23. Jesus did not retaliate when he was insulted. Nor did he threaten revenge when he suffered. I love this. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. That's exactly what Andrew prayed. It's exactly the way that this meeting is going right now. He handed his case into, into God's hands. He surrendered his desire to know why. And do you know what will happen? The peace that makes no sense will flood your heart. Are you still here this morning? I'm going to finish with this now. Uh, I remember uh, when I was a pastor, a pastor of the same church for 26 years. And uh, this guy put an article on the internet that was Blatant lies. I mean, blatant. But it was whenever you put in Ray Bevan, right, this article would be the first thing that you read. Some of you thinking, I'm going to check this out. No, no. no. <laughs> it's Belfast. I know. No, no. Listen. No, no, because I'll tell you why. So this art, and, and it was blatant. And I'm angry. I read the article. And I said, I'm going to nail this guy. So I got on the phone. I'm ready to dial the number. And the Holy Spirit said, don't call him. No, 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 I, it's all right with, with, the, with the thief and the gear, but this, 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 this is personal now. I'm going to, no, leave it. So I, with everything that was within me, I put the phone down, right? Now, it took me like a week to get over the uh, vocabulary in my head. So, 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 so. So, and it was, for Ray Bevan, this, it was lies, and people were believing them. And all I could do was submit my case into the hands of God. He says, let me deal with this. Six, five or six years. After five years, the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. Ring the guy now and tell him to take it off. I said, but I don't care anymore. He said, exactly. Job done. You cared too much about what people think about you. And he said, I had to kill that in you for where I'm going to take you in ministry. He said, you, you were too much in love with your reputation. Isn't that? F- that is, a, I said, wow. He says, I, and he, I, he says call, you can call him now. Because before you were concerned about yourself, Now you're concerned about if he can lie about you, he can lie about others. So the motive is right. I checked the time in Australia. I made sure it was 3 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) 
His name was Philip Powell. I think he's dead now. Anyway, his name was Philip Powell. <laughs> Philip, I, I, ring, ring, I kept ringing, ringing, ringing. Then the end, he answered, oh, hello, is this Philip Powell? Uh, this is Pastor Ray Bevan from Wales. Oh, then he woke up. <laughs> then he started, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, right, listen to me very carefully, Mr. Powell. If you don't take that article off the internet, the lying article, I'm going to sue you for every penny that you have. Went quiet. He said, a brother shouldn't take another brother to court. I said, listen to me. If you want to act like a devil, I'm going to treat you like a devil. Off, it was off within two hours. Done. But you know, the greatest work was done in me. I was so in love with my reputation, what people thought about me, and I was forfeiting the peace that makes no sense because I didn't surrender my desire to know why. Andrew prayed it. He just, what was the prayer? Just give it over to God. So that's what we're going to do right now. Have you received the word this morning, everybody? Well, let's, I know I'm in a place. Let, listen to this. The gospel is the power of God to those who will believe it. The, the power of the gospel is not released by repentance. It's released by receiving. And this morning, right now, I'm, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes right now where you are. I think magically out of heaven, music will start to play here. I don't know where it comes from. There it is. Look at that. It's amazing. Holy Spirit, I pray. There are people in this building right now, and they need to surrender their desire to know why. Who knows what's going bad for them right now? You could be orchestrating to make it good for somebody else. Perhaps they have people in their life, even them, and they are experiencing the horrible trauma, betrayal, and rejection, and lies, and all that stuff. Lord, right now, nothing, we are, Lord, nothing's going to forfeit the peace that makes no sense. We're going to let it go. We're going to let you work on our case. We are going to surrender our desire to know why right here. Now, with every head bowed, every eye shut, I know this could relate to every, everybody here, but particularly this morning, you said, you know what, Ray? That word is for me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender my desire to know why. I'm leaving it here, and I'm never going to let that ruin my peace again. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand where you are. Yep, raise your hand high. Uh, come on, yep. Yeah, I see all the hands going up here. Yeah. There's some more. Okay. Put your hands down. Could you stand with me right now? Could you all stand with me, everybody in the building? Okay, this is what I want you to do. Because there's more here than those that just raised their hands power of God is here. So what I'm going to ask you to do, if you raised your hand, could you come and stand with me here? Just face me. 
Don't face the people. Leave your seat. Come and stand with me here. Trust me, I'm a pastor. I know what I'm doing here. Just come and face me. Stand with me here. Come. For some of you, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. That's okay. It takes a lot of courage to do what you do, but come. There's some more here. Turn to a friend and say, look, I didn't raise my hand, but I, 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 I'm going to do this. Just let the f- ask your friend to come with you. Come and stand here. Come. Cool. So cool. There's somebody here that's lost some money. Um, I don't know whether it's a business deal that's gone wrong or you've been uh, scammed or uh, you can't understand why you lost a certain amount of money. I don't know how it's gone, but if that's you, you come out here. You may already be here. As God's going to you can't let the enemy, yeah, come, sir. You cannot let the enemy rob you. Come on this side here. You cannot let the enemy rob you of the peace that makes no sense. It's all coming back, by the way. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Just worship him where you are right now. And those of you in the front, just talk to God. You're going to let it go in just a second. And you are going to experience the peace that makes no sense. You're never, ever going to be concerned about this again. Okay, those of you in the front, just look at me for a moment. God bless you for coming out, okay? And this is not just something to make the meeting look good. This is something that will change your life forever. So what I'm going to ask you to do, I want you to put your right hand out in front of you like this. Forget the person next to you. Forget where you are. It's just you and Jesus now, okay? I want you to look into into your hand. And by faith, by faith, I want you to put that stuff that you're worried about into your hand. That stuff, it may be somebody that's hurt you. Yeah, put him in. Put her in. Put, put that uh, unplanned place of destiny in. We're going to give it all to Jesus. It's been the whole tenor of the service, but we're going to do it practically now. We're going to do it practically. Yeah, put that... Put that sin you hate about yourself in too. Put that in there. Yeah. Put the divorce in. Put the abortion in. Put the attempted suicide in. It's all going in. It's all going in because it's robbing you of the peace that makes no sense. Okay. Make a fist out of that stuff. And in a moment, we're going to give it to Jesus. And then we are just going to give thanks to him. And the peace of God that makes no sense will flood your heart and your mind. Okay, raise your hand up. Okay, give it to Jesus. Raise your other hand. Raise your other hand and start to worship him. Everybody in the building, raise your hands to Jesus and start to worship him. All my life you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness 
of God. Oh, yeah, I miss. Can you start the music there? Worship Him, worship Him. God's presence is here.